This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Here's your host, Bob Bender. Good afternoon, Colorado Springs. Hope you're having a great day as you head home from work or in your home or accessing us over the internet. Welcome to Crosswalk Colorado Springs with Dr. Bob every Thursday and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. Colorado time. And yesterday we had a great time with Dr. Trent Langhofer as we address the issue of depression and how we can be blessed and overcome the challenges that this life brings. And each week I will be sharing some of my own thoughts out of my own life, and then I will be interviewing folks as well that we, this program, we might be a blessing to you. This program would encourage you, edify you, equip you, And we're even going to have some enjoyment along the way. Christians ought to have fun, as well as obviously being engaged in the critical issues of our time and in our lives and in the traffic patterns of our lives and in the orbit that surrounds each one of us. I am praying through, well, today prayed through Ephesians and Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship created for good works. And do you know what that Greek word is for workmanship? That's the Greek word poema, where we get our word poem from, obviously. So I want you to see yourself as God's poem. No two poems are alike. You are his created workmanship. And you are a poem, a blessing to God, a blessing to others, unique, individual. God has your picture on his refrigerator, and he created you as a poem so that we would be used of the Lord, good works that glorify God and bless others. So, Lord, in this season, help us to see ourselves as uniquely made by you, none two alike, making unique contributions to our families, our assemblies, our workplace, our neighborhood, wherever you have us planted. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I told you I wanted to be a blessing to you And so I thought in this program, that would be our subject matter. Now, next week, I'll be sharing my Christmas program. Next week, I'll be interviewing one of my bosses. I have several bosses. And speaking of bosses, we had a great time as an office staff last night at Chris Gould's home. Chris, thank you for opening your home, you and your beautiful wife, Michelle, we just had a great time, and and I hope that those who are listening have the opportunity to, to be in a workplace where it's great to work, and you can enjoy one another's company, and perhaps even have an office party there if that's in the cards 
for you. But we had we had more fun than Christians ought to have last night, I tell you. And uh, we appreciate that. We were blessed. Now, what comes to your mind when you think of a blessing? At you, sneeze. God bless you. This response to a sneeze, did you realize, originated during the bubonic plague? Then the sneeze was often seen as a precursor of death. (laughs) So when someone sneezed, another said, Kazunheit, or bless you, as a benediction to the nearly departed, commending his or her soul to God's care. Now, that's got to bless you, right? Well, of course, we have a different definition of it. God bless this food. Sanctify it for its intended purpose, our health for God's glory. God bless our missionaries. I hope you get a little more specific than that. But God grant them success in their endeavors. You, you are a blessing to me. When we say that, we're saying you're a source of positive benefit, happiness in my life, which I pray folks are to you and you are to them. Now, let me tell you, the blessing is a big deal in the Bible. It is one of the Bible's great themes. Listen, the first thing God did to mankind was to bless them. God blessed them, and then he said... Now, I want you to subdue the earth. I want you to populate the earth. So they needed God's blessing in order to fulfill God's purpose. God blessed Abraham and all who would bless him and his seed in Genesis 12 and 24. God blessed Jacob through Esau, through Isaac, I should say. In fact, the blessing was such a big deal that Jacob stole it from his brother Esau. What did Jesus say when he began his preaching ministry? The Beatitudes, blessed are you. A big deal, I'm telling you. And Paul uses the term, the cup of blessing, to refer to the Lord's Supper, his blessing over us. The Revelation describes heaven as the ultimate eternal blessing. Now unto him. Be power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Jabez uh, cries out to God for a blessing, and God answers his cry, 1 Chronicles 4.10. From this brief prayer, we see the different aspects of God's blessings on a life. That blessing involves enlarging his borders, God's provision, that God's hand of presence and power would be with him, that God would keep him from harm, God's protection, and that it might not pain him, God's peace with him. So how can we be a blessing to others if we are not blessed ourselves? So here's the deal today. Here's the big idea I want to get across to you. God wants to bless you. And in so doing, you will grow Others will experience goodness, and God will receive the glory. Now, where do we find this principle of blessing other than the places I have already shared? We find them in the record of the feeding of the 5,000. This story is the only miracle of Jesus that appears in all four Gospels. I wonder why. I think the answer by way of application is, 
He wants us to see ourselves in this story, and he wants to see how we can be blessed of God in this story. By looking at this record of the feeding of the 5,000, which was men, so there's 15,000 there, we'll see how we can cooperate with God and be blessed so that we can be a blessing to others. And so this story illustrates God's intense desire to bless us. And of all the interesting parts of this story, a key verse for our consideration is in the story the people are there, you remember, they have no food, the boy has some a, a few loaves and fishes, and the verse says, is 19 in Gospels of Matthew's record in chapter 14, Jesus blesses the food. He blesses the food. What is this blessing of Jesus, and how can it be ours today? Listen, here it is. A blessing is a sovereign act of God, a sovereign act of God by which he causes someone or something to supernaturally produce more than is possible. A blessing is a supernatural act of God by which he causes someone or something to supernaturally produce more than is otherwise possible. That's what's happening in this story. And then it results in our growth, others' good, and God's glory. You see, the New Testament blessings in our lives are realized because Christ became a curse in order to bless us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places because of our position in Christ in Ephesians 1, 3. Do you want to be blessed? Well, we're going to take a journey toward blessing today as we journey through the story, and the story journeys through your life. I'll see you when we return. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7. The Word. Welcome back, team. Thank you for joining me tonight. Do you need a blessing from the Lord? Do you want to be a blessing to others? The bottom line is that God wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others and bless God In return, you see, when we lose the blessing of God, we lose our identity and our influence as the people of God. How then can we continue to be a blessed people so others are blessed, God's glorified in this Christmas season on into our new year? We do so by finding three life-changing principles in the story of the feeding of the 5,000. We see a blessing is a sovereign act of God by which he causes someone or something to supernaturally produce more than is otherwise possible. You see, God's blessings are never limited by your need. We just had a test of the emergency broadcast system. If you've got a need in your life, this is a test. It is a test of your life and the quality of your life and your relationship to Jesus. I know we don't like tests, but we have them from time to time. Perhaps you have a great need. You see, God's blessings are never limited by the size of your need. Man, this was a huge need here. These 15,000 people, they're hungry. John records that when Philip was asked to feed the people in order to test him, Philip answered, Man, $17,000 worth of bread is barely sufficient for us just to have a little bit. You see, the need to feed 15,000 people was a huge one. 
But let me tell you, God's blessings are never limited by the size of our need. Perhaps you have a great need today. I'm, I'm in a place of need. Are you in a place of need for healing, financial provision, a job, healed relationship? Nothing is too hard for the Lord and nothing's too big for our God. Neither, by the way, is nothing too little. You see, Satan comes to us and accuses us of either having something too big for God or something too little for God. Let me tell you, if it concerns God, it concerns, if it concerns you, it concerns God. If you want to ask the Lord for a, a parking space in Walmart, go for it. If you're standing before the bread in the supermarket and trying to figure out whether white or wheat, by wheat, by the way, hey, let God be a part of your need. Nothing is too insignificant or too insurmountable for God. God's blessings are never limited by the size of your need. In fact, let me tell you, the greater your need, the greater chance of a greater blessing is headed your way. It's been true in my life, and I know it's going to be true in yours. God's blessings are never limited by the size of your need or the cause of your need. This need was caused by what? by the success of Jesus' ministry. The people are hungry for the word. They followed Jesus past mealtime. It was a worthy cause. You know, sometimes our needs are caused by what we do that's right. Like in our church, our current growing pains as a church cause needs, but it's, it's a worthy cause. Other times, our needs are created by what we might call unworthy causes. Many of our needs arise from other foolish decisions in the people in our orbit or our own past foolish decisions. Peter was walking on the water, began to sink because he took his eyes off of Jesus. Peter asked the Lord to save him, and Jesus saves him, and then, of course, rebukes him for his lack of faith. Let me ask you this. Have you ever gotten yourself in a fix because of your own stupidity, (laughs) sin, or selfishness? Well, I certainly have. We think ourselves as being unworthy to call upon the Lord and ask him to get us out of the fix we've gotten ourselves in. But friends, it is the nature of God to bless us in spite of ourselves. He blessed Adam and Eve in spite of their sin. His blessings are never limited by the cause of our need. He can still bless us. We can still be blessed of God regardless of the cause of our need. Now, that might, might involve a little discipline, but he wants to bless you. Let me tell you, if God's blessings were based on my past performance, I certainly wouldn't be sitting here today nor be blessed of the Lord. God's blessings are never limited by our need, the size of our need, the cause of our need, or the available human resources for our need. Jesus asked the disciples to feed the multitude. Man, all we have here is five loaves and two fish. What are these among so many? Why did Jesus ask the disciples to feed them? One reason he did so was to drive home the point of the utter futility of the task at hand as far as human resources were concerned. So the disciples form a committee and decide that either the people have to be sent away or we're going to have to buy some food so that everybody could have a little. Now, this committee concluded that nothing really of significance could happen here. This is the wrong place. This is the wrong time. Uh, We have limited resources. You know what a committee is, don't you? A committee is a group of people who, as individuals, can do nothing, 
and as a group decide that nothing can be done. Oh, God deliver us. So we're tempted to look at our human resources available. Our money, our wisdom, our personality, influence or relationships or situation. But in order to be blessed of God, we must look to God's supernatural available resources. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, Paul writes, Philippians 4.19. So God is the ultimate source of your supply, not people. And he has the riches available for you. Listen, in God's creative order chronologically, which came first, lungs or air? Air came first, and then lungs that needed the air. Which came first, hunger or food? Well, God already had the food there before Adam and Eve got hungry. Food came first. Which came first, thirst or water? Water came first, and then people came along, Adam and Eve, they're thirsty, so the water was already there. Which came first, sin or Savior? Well, the Savior came first, who was crucified, shed, his blood shed before the foundation of the world. Which came first? Think about this one. The first Adam or the second Adam? The first Adam was Adam. The second Adam was Jesus. The second Adam came first because Jesus, again, was here before the foundation of the world. What I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to tell you that God has riches. He has resources available to you. How can we tap into them? Well, we move along in our story because God's blessings are never limited by our need. God's blessings arrive in disguise. John's Gospel adds that Andrew found the boy with the loaves and fishes, brought him to Jesus, all the food they had. Here God's blessings arrived disguised in a lunchbox. Who would have thought that this little amount of food would be used by God to meet people's physical needs? Only Jesus saw this little bit of food as a source of blessing for all the people. You've heard the phrase, a blessing in disguise. That refers to a good thing not recognized at first as such. You know, this, this, in this time of recession, that can be a blessing, and it forces us to live on less credit and, and maybe eat more responsibly, lose weight, maybe create a, 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 an atmosphere that's a little more frugal. You see, my God is good at turning curses into blessings. Deuteronomy 23.5 says, Nevertheless, the Lord your God was not willing to listen to Balaam, but the Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing for you, Because the Lord your God loves you. Friend, we need to redefine curse and blessings. What we see as a curse, as Balaam was on the donkey and the donkey stopped because there was an angel with a sword in his hand, all Balaam saw was the negative situation, but God was at work. Joseph's statements to his brothers in Genesis 50 verse 20 is so true. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. You see, our blessings arrive disguised. Jacob wrestled with a a man until daybreak, realizing this adversary he was fighting was an angel, a source of of blessing. Let's redefine curse and blessing. Look at your situation and maybe see how God can turn this curse into a blessing. He will if you continue to cooperate with God as we allow this story to 
wash over us and live through us when we return. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back, team. We're talking about one of the greatest themes in the Bible and how it can be ours. The blessing of the Lord. A blessing is a sovereign act of God by which he causes someone or something to supernaturally produce more than is otherwise possible. And the results, your growth, others good, and God's glory. It is never limited by our need. It arrives in disguise. Jacob wrestling with the man and finally determines, wait a minute, this is an angel, a source of my blessing. So he says, I will not let you go until you bless me. The angel blessed Jacob in response to his prayers. He tried to fight off this adversary, but then realized it was a source of blessing, so he clung to it. I want you to see your curse, so to speak, as a blessing in disguise. We try to get rid of the blessing that comes to us disguised. The very thing we're trying to get loose of is supposed to, is supposed to be, God's, from God's perspective, a source of blessing. Joseph longed to be delivered from unfair treatment, but God is at work to use his experience to exalt him. Hannah was bearing, but barren, but God blessed her, not only with a son, but with a prophet, Samuel, in answer to her prayers. Job cried out to God for all that he went through, but God used it to bless him, for in the latter end he was greater blessed than formerly. And Paul sought to get rid of the thorn in his flesh and cried out to God to deliver him from it. But God had him keep it as a blessing in disguise that the power of Christ may rest upon him. And, of course, the same is true for Jesus on the cross. God used it, the curse, as an ultimate blessing for mankind and to Jesus as well. So what began that evening as a great problem... Feeding 15,000 became a wonderful source of blessing to all who were there. And to think that Andrew could have said to the boy, you know, hey, we, we don't need you. This, this doesn't look right. He, he could have then sent the boy away. But he saw that this could be a blessing in disguise. Hey, I've been there. Relationship challenges, false accusations, financial problems, physical problems, misunderstandings. But if you'll just if you'll just weather the storm, again, yesterday we talked about Paul says, hey, I believe God that he told me that it's going to be all right, but we must run aground in Acts 27. There might be some problems along the way, but God's blessings are just around the corner. You're just on the left side of the blessing. The right side is coming your way if you will see it from God's perspective. You see, the burdens we carry can be a blessing if we let them carry us across many a chasm, a challenge. You see, we must distinguish between blessings and cursings. Sometimes what we see as a curse is really a blessing. Is Joni Erickson Tada, was she cursed because she's paralyzed? 
Are you cursed because you have a great need? No, you're just on the left side of a blessing. You're just writing your testimony. When things get tough, get ready to be blessed. When things look impossible, get ready for your miracle. Man's extremity is God's opportunity. You see, God's blessings are never limited by your need, and they arrive in disguise. And listen, how are they secured? Through faith and obedience. If we are to be blessed of God and experience a sovereign act by which he causes something or someone to produce supernaturally more than is possible for our growth, others' good, and God's glory, we must respond correctly. How? What happens in this story that led to the miracle? Well, I want to encourage you to present all that you have and are to God. Just as this boy presented all that he had, five loaves and two fishes, and all that he was to God. Now, Jesus could have easily fed the 5,000 to 15,000, really, by turning stones into bread. Shazam! But he didn't. Why? He took what little they had gathered from the boy to feed them. You see, God wants to use us to bless others. It pleases him to use us to bless others. What God takes, he blesses, and what he blesses, he breaks, and he uses. Listen, these are, this is the way of the Lord. What God takes, he blesses. What he blesses, he breaks, and what he breaks, he uses. Who received the greatest blessing that day? The Lord? The people? The disciples? The one who received the greatest blessing that day was this boy. Imagine yourself as this 12-year-old boy. We know how the story ends, but he didn't. You're following Jesus that day, and you've had enough foresight to pack a lunch. Everyone else is hungry at dinner, and you're hungry too. So you pull out your lunch in preparation to eat it, and along comes Andrew and says, Aha! I see you have some food there, son. Let's go see Jesus. And so you come to see Jesus. Andrew takes your lunch and gives it to Jesus. You're hungry like everybody else. And due to your own foresight, you've brought enough food, and yet now it's been taken from you. I'm sure the boy, though he had questions about what was going on, I'm, I'm just saying he, he simply gave his lunch to Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. He gave up his lunch. And in return, he was able to eat until he was stuffed. As in this case, things might get worse before they get better. Even after you have presented all that you are and have to God. But when we give everything to God, he gives everything you need and more in return. Through patience, persistence, and prayer. So I encourage you to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and All these things will be added to you. Are you allowing your relationships and possessions under Jesus' rule? You see, before God can bless you, you must present all that you have and all that you are to God. So just humbly do that. In God's business, you see, we're not in manufacturing. We're in distribution. And God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. Just, Lord, all that I have and am, I give to you. Then position yourself for a blessing. 
What position did Jesus ask the people to get in? He ordered the multitudes to sit down on the grass. Why? Because he was getting them ready for a blessing. Have you positioned yourself for a blessing? What position do we need to be in in order to be blessed? Ephesians tells us we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. It's not a physical position we're in, but a spiritual one. We're in Christ, vitally linked to him, depending on him, crying out to him to meet our every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. To be in Jesus is to be blessed. To abide in Jesus is to be blessed even in a greater way. You see, our degree of blessing is directly related to our relationship to him. In Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, listen, don't hear this very often these days, but now it shall be if you will diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments when I've commanded you, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord. Friend, simply live in a place of obedience to the Lord. And his blessings will overtake you like you're uh, uh, running back and, and the defensive back comes and overtakes you and tackles you. That's the picture of the blessings of God tackling you. You want to be blessed by God? Simply obey him like this boy, this crowd did. Sit in Jesus and be ready to be blessed. And then when we conclude, we'll end the story in a great way where you can experience the blessings of the Lord. This is Chuck Swindoll from Insight for Living Ministries. You will always find the truths of Scripture and the message of Jesus Christ right here on 100.7, The Word. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7, The Word. Thank you, Chuck Swindoll. That's exactly right. You tune in to 100.7 The Word. You're going to hear and experience the truths of Scripture that can change your life. The Bible's God's owner's manual. We would do well to follow its directives. You want to be blessed? God wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others and bless God in return. How does this work? God's blessings are never limited by our need. They arrive in disguise, and they are secured as we cooperate with the Lord step by step, as in the story of the feeding of the 5,000 with these people who were ultimately blessed. Present all that we have to the Lord like this boy did. Position yourself for a blessing. They were seated in groups of 50 and 100. They had to cooperate with the Lord. They had to cooperate with one another as well as with the Lord in order to be blessed. And that has to occur in your life, in your family, in your church, in your circle of influence. God will not bless us if we have an uncooperative spirit. God may bless a bad decision, but he never blesses a bad attitude. And so he had them sit down. You know, David sat before the Lord. Do you know that? David sat before the Lord. Sometimes in my quiet time, I'll get down on my knees, cry out to God. Other times, I'll just sit before the Lord like David did. 
and and just give all that I have to the Lord. In Second Kings 4, the widow was so poor that the creditors come take her two children to be slaves. Elisha tells her to borrow lots of vessels from her neighbors. The Lord blessed her, and the vessels were filled with oil. Upon noticing the blessings of the Lord, she asked those around her, bring me another vessel. But there were no more vessels, and the oil stopped. She was blessed by the provision of the Lord. She told and the Lord, hey, I'm, I'm trusting in you. And she sold the oil, paid off her debt, and her sons lived on the rest. But there could have been much more, couldn't there have, had she brought in more vessels. This is the way it is with the Lord's blessings in our lives. He blesses us according to the measure of our faith and obedience. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Obedience manifests itself in a submissive spirit to God, as here, and a cooperative spirit with one another, the shortest route to the blessings of God I know of. So what is Jesus telling you to do as you present all that you are and have to God, as you Prepare for a blessing. Sit before the Lord and see yourself seated in the heavenlies in Jesus Christ. And then what happens? Jesus prays. Jesus prays, and they they joined him in prayer. Jesus looks up to heaven. He seeks a vision of God's will. God's kingdom is in heaven, and our spiritual blessings are in the heavenly places. We must seek God's perspective. So Jesus and the crowd prays, God, what do you want to do in this situation? It's not our wants that we're after, but but God's will. So ask God to give you a vision of the situation through seeking him and his word and allowing his word to speak to your heart. And Elisha, when they were surrounded by the armies in 2 Kings 6, his servant couldn't see what was going on. And Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes that he can see The armies of the Lord are with us, and greater is he that's with us, in us, than he who's in the world. And so Jesus blesses the food. He prays. We also must be in a posture of prayer in order to be blessed of God. We must get near the heart of God in persistent, fervent praying about that matter that you see as a curse. God blesses those who are consistently on their knees seeking him. Would you seek the blessings of the Lord as an individual, as, as you're in your assembly? And then what happens? Well, we give all that we have and are to the Lord. We position ourselves for a blessing. We pray. And now, dear friend, we must prepared, be prepared to be broken. Jesus broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. They were multiplied and they fed the multitude. You see, God's blessings comes on the heels of brokenness. God allows a great need to come into our lives. He uses this need to bring us to himself and the process we are broken. And in our brokenness, he not only feeds us, but blesses others and brings glory to himself, like through Paul the thorn in the flesh, how God used Paul and the power of God was upon him. Like the woman 
who, in her humility, brought the expensive perfume and anointed Jesus, and the fragrance of the perfume filled the house. No, it's not pleasant to be broken, but in our brokenness, there is blessing. A pastor search committee came to visit with me and asked if I had ever been broken, and I told them, and I think I told you the story uh, weeks ago, I told them, no, I, I have not. It was within a month that my wife, Beverly, was afflicted with cancer that did not look good at all, 35% chance of living five years. Of course, she's healed and healthy today. Praise the Lord. But I would answer that differently now. You see, God brings us through places of brokenness, and we would say that that was one of the best and worst seasons of our lives, as in our brokenness, we cried out to God. You see, I didn't need God before then. Oh, I knew what it was to need God in ministry, but I really didn't need God. Friend, you're not blessed until you really need him and cry out to him. And so Jesus breaks the bread and blesses the people. Listen, Jesus takes what we give him. He blesses what he takes. He breaks what he blesses and then uses what he breaks and multiplies it to the good of others and the glory of God. Brokenness comes before blessing. Friend, you're your blessings just around the corner. I've been through difficult times in my life, and even if it hadn't turned out as it did in my life, I would still say, God, you are faithful, you are Lord. I trust you. Broken to be a blessing. And then how does this story conclude? Well, all the people are blessed, and they're fed, and everybody's fat and happy. John adds an interesting note. The other gospel writers do not. John's gospel writes in John 6, 14, When therefore the people saw the sign which he had performed, they said, This is of a truth, the prophet who's come into the world. What happens? They're praising God for his blessings. They're thanking Jesus. You see, the word blessing, the Greek word is eulego, or eulego. It's the word we get our word eulogy from. Ulo ego, eulogy. A eulogy is saying good things. So I pray and hope as you journey through your blessing, even now, you will praise the Lord. Even when things look dark and there's no fruit and there's no cattle in the fields, you will praise the Lord. A blessing is not only for your growth, it's others' good and, it, and others' goodness, and, and ultimately glorifies God. Say a good word. Thank the Lord as he works in your life. Position yourself for a blessing. Are you in the way of blessing or on the way of blessing? Get on the way of blessing so that when you, like Paul, arrive, you will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. Well, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you his peace. God wants to bless you. Will you let him? I'm a child of God. Oh, every day is a good day. And you're the reason why. 100.7, The Word.